0: Today, on What About Bob, we are going to address the question, will blue lives matter to the Biden administration, considering how our police agencies all across America have been ravaged by the liberal progressive wing of the Democratic Party, and the indifference that every other Democrat seems to show to how our police are being attacked all across this country will the rest of us be left to ask just exactly what is to become of law and order once this administration takes over. So stay tuned and we will get to the heart of the matter on What About Bob? Okay, before we get started here, I want to share a little bit about me if you don't already know. When I uh, started my professional life, I started working with at-risk youth who had been adjudicated for crimes through, came from just about every port in Indiana. And um, as uh, they would be adjudicated to a facility that uh, was uh, umbrellaed by the Indiana Department of Correction. Of course, I worked in the juvenile division. Uh, But these young men often came from, tough backgrounds, but in the crimes they committed, when I first started out in February of 1979, a lot of them was, you know, kind of lightweight compared to what juvenile crime is today. They started out, I mean, there was burglaries and there were thefts and shopliftings and if there were drugs, it was usually something to do with marijuana. But as time went by, the types of crimes, as well as the individual kids who were committing these types of crimes in their ages. I dealt with mostly male or in those days, but whereas between the ages of 12 and 18. As the crimes as well as these individuals became harder, we uh, saw, of course, kids were more involved with guns and certainly the gang scene came in to the, to the uh, everyday dealings that we were facing as well as the type of drugs uh, the, that these were the days, uh, especially as we got into the late 80s and early 90s, that crack cocaine was having a devastating effect over so many of our communities. Then of course, after that, I was hired on by uh, the Fort Wayne Community Schools, started out as a mediator, and then I became the head of uh, uh, safety and student management for Fort Wayne Community Schools, and I was on the streets because I worked primarily through the transportation department, which meant uh, on the streets in Fort Wayne means you are going to face it's the same type of stuff that I faced when during my years in the Department of Corrections. And that, and again, fighting and gangs. Only this time, every once in a while, you'd have adults uh, being involved in in uh, issues as well. Um, but the point I'm trying to get to through all this is that in those 38 years I worked between the Department of Corrections and with the school systems, I worked very closely with police officers, um, especially in the Department of Corrections. Uh, I also had a, a lateral assignment of gang information coordinator and the gang scenes as they were developing there in the late 80s and through the 90s. Um, I became something, I guess, of an expert, but I was on call to do a lot of programs, uh, educational programs I give to, to uh, teachers, parents, but also police agencies because they often found themselves in the dark and uh, worked on panels and boards for gang intelligence. And then of course, when I was working on the streets, I supervised police officers and relied on police officers a lot when we had situations uh, involving our students. so uh, I have, have gotten to know over the years a great many police officers and I can't say that I ever worked or was associated with one that I would ever consider you know rotten to the core or bad or racist as they like to be they're so easily labeled by a great many people these days. So anyway uh, the the question, is now will blue lives ever matter to the incoming Biden Harris administration and that's where i want to go with this because certainly our police agencies and their officers both men and women have had their basically their legs cut out from under them and the support is certainly gone to hell in a handbasket So if one were to judge, though, by the constant stream of criticisms and lies coming out of the mouths of the Democratic politicians, the progressive media, and their liberal supporters, and with commentary ranging from indifference to extremely volatile, it would seem to almost any concerned and law-abiding citizen that the police have been declared the enemy of the state by the progressives. President-elect Joe Biden stands atop of the trash heap as far as many officers are concerned, which is why old Joe couldn't name a single police union whose backing he could depend on during the presidential campaign. And in a piece for Politico, Bill Johnson, executive director of the National Association of Police Organizations, made his feelings very clear, as well as echoed the opinions of many of the rank and file when he said about Joe Biden, quote, Clearly, he's made a lot of changes the way candidates do during the primary process. But he kept moving left and finally fell off the deep end, unquote. But then again, Johnson wasn't done there. He further explained, for Joe Biden, police are shaking their heads because he used to be a stand-up guy who backed law enforcement. But it seems in his old age, for whatever reason, he's writing a sad final chapter when it comes to supporting law enforcement. Now, further into the article, Politico had this to say about how law enforcement agencies were viewed by the two political camps. Quote, President Donald Trump has issued a full-throated call to restore store law and order, even threatening military action to beat back violent protests. Biden has tiptoed around the defense of law enforcement focusing instead on the need for reforms amid deep-seated racial disparities that are plaguing the nation, America was and continues to be stunned at the outright contemptuous attitude towards the police from the left, especially considering that many police officers, especially in cities like Chicago and Philadelphia, once upon a time carried their democratic leanings with pride. But that is certainly not the case now. Perhaps that can be attributed to several reasons, but chief amongst them was the very idea that Democratic politicians gave their unwavering support to the thugs, the rioters, and the terrorists. Directing comments to rioters, Massachusetts Representative Ayanna Presley, one of the squad, quote, called for mobilized unrest on the streets. And while Vice president elect herself, Kamala Harris made her feelings very clear when she said, everybody beware. They're not gonna stop before the election in November and they're not gonna stop after election day. They're not gonna let up and they should not. Well, isn't that comforting? But when it came time to address the police officers who were being ambushed and murdered, such as retired St. Louis police captain, David Dorn, or more recently, a St. Louis police sergeant, who was ambushed and shot twice in the face simply because he was a cop. Harrison Presley said not a damn word. Now there's Michelle Obama, and without even a hint of objectivity, labeled the shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin, a result of the, quote, age-old and systemic racism that's been so prominent. It had to be the result of the police and not Blake, who on film is shown with a knife. And refuse multiple orders by police to stop resisting, which always blows me away these days. Why, when you're given an order by the police officer, do what they tell you to do. This was an age old lesson that when I was growing up, most parents gave their kids, and their kids listened. And we didn't have what we're seeing today. You can sort it out later if you don't like what a police officer's doing or how he's treated you. But at the time, do what they tell you to do. But that's maybe for another podcast. Now, if it's between Black Lives Matter and Antifa or the police, it now appears the terrorist groups will always get the support of leftists like Presley, Harris, and Michelle Obama. In this regard, the elite mimic the philosophies of the very founders of Black Lives Matter. And Black Lives Matter co founder Patrice Cullors, an admitted Marxist, offered a radical biased view of the police when she declared. Quote, folks have witnessed over and over again an experience the killing of black people by police, the harming, maiming, brutalizing, and torturing. But guess what? The police haven't, over and over again, kill, harmed, or tortured black citizens. From a June 2020 piece written in Law Enforcement Today, the question was posed as to who was responsible for the murder of the high percentages of blacks. As the article reported, it's rare for police to kill anyone. A black man is more likely to be killed by lightning than by a police officer. In 2019, police shot and killed 1,003 people in the U.S., this according to the Washington Affairs Fatal Force Database. Of those, 250 were black and 405 were white. Now, the critics of these numbers usually cite the, percentage, the percentages making note that the ratio of blacks killed by police stood at a higher percentage in comparison to the overall population than whites killed by police. This is true. However, considering the knowledge that police shootings are more likely to take place in high crime areas and also acknowledging the unfortunate truth that high percentages of blacks still live in those high crime neighborhoods and understanding that it is still the police who respond, Having to confront potentially violent offenders who are often armed may well give the observer a better understanding of such occurrences that ultimately lead to the police taking action to prevent further harm. <coughs> Excuse me. But the critics refuse to set aside their prejudice against the police because it wouldn't appease their peers if they were to focus instead on who is really responsible for the largest percentage of black homicides. Again, according to the article in Law Enforcement Today, quote, it's not police, it's other blacks. Blacks comprise 54.9% of all homicide offenders, compared to 42.4% for whites. Blacks are 13.4% of the U.S. population, yet they accounted for more than half of all homicides. Again, if we're going to put numbers as as, list them only as percentages, why wouldn't we include these percentages as well? Furthermore, the piece adds whites were 51% of known race homicide victims and 76.5% of the total U.S. population, while blacks were 45% of known race homicide victims but only 13.4% of the U.S. population. That means, especially when you compare it to the previous stats I gave, that means the homicide rate for blacks was 3.35 times their percentage of the U.S. population, making them over five times as likely to be homicide victims. That that has got to be scary. I'm sure that's exactly what the good parents in those devastated communities within places like Chicago are having to deal with every day. But here are some other numbers that the Biden Harris administration need to consider. Between 2018 and 2019, 104 law enforcement officers were killed in the line of duty. Already, the number of officers killed in line of duty through November 16, 2020, stood at 45, a 7% increase from the same time period just the year before. Police officers have been blindly ambushed in cities such as Baltimore and New Orleans, and when the rioters burned down the third precinct in Minneapolis, incendiary devices and Molotov cocktails were used blatantly, disregarding blatantly disregarding the potential loss of police officer life. In New York City, a police officer was pushed to the ground as a terrorist attempted to strangle him with a chain. In the far left city of Seattle, a terrorist attempted to lock police officers within their precinct building before setting it on fire. And these are but a scratch on the surface of the threats, ambushes, assaults, and dangers police officers have suddenly been made to face while progressive Democratic leaders have led the drives to defund and reshape police departments all across America. Again, these same leaders disregard all the reasoning behind why police do what they do in order to deal with the criminal. In his best clown imitation, Joe Biden's answer was to just shoot someone who attacked a police officer, just shoot him in the leg. Now, apparently old Joe has little experience with firearms and quite simply anybody who ever has shot a gun or, or has taken target practice knows how difficult it is to hit a target actually just m- not more than 15 yards in front of you, let alone a running target coming at you moving this way and that. But Joe's answer, just shoot him in the leg and of course if you don't shoot him in the leg then the offender has the opportunity to kill you, as well as those same leaders who obediently, obediently take their marching orders from the radical Marxists. Once again, Patrice Cullors has made her goals clear, quote, the demand of defunding law enforcement becomes a central demand in how we actually get real accountability and justice, because it means we are reducing the ability of law enforcement to have resources that harm our communities. Those resources that the police officers have at their disposal is not there to harm communities, No, are they blatantly abused. They are used to protect, most of all, the people who make up the, that, those communities, as well as the officer, him or herself. Now, this is funny because Collar shows that she really has no sense whatsoever of what the black and inner city communities think. Why? In a recent Gallup poll, it shows quote, an overwhelming majority of black Americans, 81% to be exact, support either the same amount or an increased police presence in their communities. Let me repeat that. 81% of black Americans support either the same amount or an increased police presence in their communities. And then according to an ABC News poll, quote, nearly two-thirds of Americans oppose calls for defunding police departments compared to 34% who back the movement and 60% specifically oppose reducing the budget for police to reallocate it to other public health and social programs, while 39% support that move. Now we're going to touch a little bit more on why that's important, considering colors, coolers, however you pronounce her name, this last statement that she made about uh, taking away the resources that supposedly, as she states it, harms the black community. But why should those stats be a surprise to anyone, especially to anyone who has any knowledge whatsoever with criminal trends. And as Heather McDonald points out in her revealing book, The War on Cops, quote, violence has continued to afflict minority communities at astronomically higher levels than white communities. The public discourse around policing has focused exclusively on alleged police racism to the neglect of a far more serious and pervasive problem, black crime, unquote, but again, It just doesn't seem Black Lives Matter gives a rat's ass about that fact. Now, what will be left of our big city police institutions, as well as minority communities down the road under a Biden-Harris administration, is anyone's guess. As has been exemplified, Biden, in what appears to be an almost near-Dementia-like state, has shown he has literally no insight or understanding to police tactics or training. Why? Because like many politicians, they don't have a a need to show any interest, that is, until an issue arises that they view as politically expedient for them. And then there's Kamala Harris, who, according to the Federalist, unashamedly encouraged her Twitter followers to donate money to bail out the Minneapolis protesters arrested in the riots. But the description of protesters didn't exactly give a realistic portrayal of those Harris helped to set loose back on the streets. According to Fox 9 News in Minneapolis, those released included a suspect who shot at police, a woman accused of killing a friend, and a twice convicted sex offender. But while our cities burned, liberal apologists continued on CNN and MSNBC and ABC and CBS and NBC to paint the pictures of those on the streets as, quote, peaceful protesters. How could they lie so blatantly while other news sources showed film highlighting the destruction, the mayhem, and the violent brutality, and the pain? It's easy when you consider that they are liberals. Tell a lie enough and you believe that everyone will just go along with you. And instead of that, stand up, Joe Biden, an image has served him so well over the years. Thanks to his lack of support to this nation's law enforcement officers, as well as his efforts to protect his own son from being charged with the crimes of money laundering, Joe has instead revealed himself to do whatever is advantageous for him in the progressive political world. And Kamala Harris has shown that when she's not smoking a joint, as she'll boast of how she put criminals away as a San Francisco prosecutor, if she believes it will get her closer to the Oval Office. But what is more disturbing is that because of the lack of character she has repeatedly shown during the lead up to the election night, she is more than willing to throw her overwhelming support to the criminal over the cop. And anyone who desires law and order should be afraid, very afraid. For any American, no matter where they live or how protected they may feel for the time being, they should consider that these domestic terrorists will eventually come for them. And perhaps more importantly, if this new democratic leadership is to really represent all Americans, then what needs to take place is the realization and the courage to state it publicly. And make perfectly clear that you stand with all people, including the minorities who live in the big city neighborhoods and who are threatened more by the black criminal than by the police. And that applies not just to the president and vice president, but to the governors and mayors of New York, Illinois, California, Washington, Oregon, California, Wisconsin, and every other state where the anarchists are attempting to lay siege to. But I would not hold my breath. It would seem—excuse me—it would seem that the influence of Hollywood, the NBA, and Big Tech has more sway over the progressive officer holders than the actual victims of big-city neighborhood crime. I doubt that LeBron James has much experience in dealing with violent crime while he sits comfortably with an after-game drink from the confines of his gated community but he's 100% behind the lies spouted by Black Lives Matter. Meanwhile, shootings in Chicago have gone up 71% and murders 60%. In New York City, shootings are up over a whopping 350% over the same period the year before. In Minneapolis, where this all started, I'm talking about the riots and everything we saw over the summer and leading into now. Violent crime in Minneapolis increased 17% over the pr- previous five-year average. And the chance in Los Angeles of becoming a victim to either a property or violent crime is now 1 in 30. And according to New York, the New York Post in Seattle, the beloved city of liberals, where the mayor of Seattle described the takeover city akin to the hippie's summer of love. Unfortunately, Seattle saw the love fest cause a 325% spike in crime from June 2nd, this last June 2nd, through June 30th. In between all the swords that came his way, Donald Trump saw the lawlessness for what it was. He stood ready for cause to assist from those Democratic big city mayors whose business districts were going up in flames and whose police were being savagely attacked. And and, and let's not forget the people who go for a, a, a peaceful dinner outside of a, a restaurant and then all at once have to confront Black Lives Matter and, and Tifa terrorists who want to throw fireworks at them, come and and turn over tables or stick their fingers in their faces. But unfortunately, those big city mayors, those calls never came. Instead, those leaders were more than willing to sacrifice their citizens and first responders just as a means to keep Donald Trump from getting elected again. Well, they were successful. And now we have an incoming Democratic president and vice president who, through their prior words and actions, have already made a deal with the same devils who wish to bring down this country. It shouldn't take long at all to see whether Joe and Kamala are willing to continue to turn their backs on the law-abiding citizens who will continue to suffer as long as those same criminal organizations have a seat at the table. Don't believe me? Well, enter again Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors, who issued a strong declaration when she let the Biden team know her expectations. Quote, without the resounding support of black people, we would be saddled with a very different outcome. In short, black people won this election. Alongside black-led organizations around the nation, Black Lives Matter invested heavily in this election. Vote and organize became our motto. So in essence, the radicals have put the gun to Joe Biden's head. The threat of the continued demolishing of our cities are at stake if Joe Biden doesn't do what they expect, meaning getting rid of the police departments as the standing wall against the criminal and the terrorist. time will tell what this new president will do, but he may may not have a lot of time to decide where he stands. And so I ask, Joe, are you for the blue or are you against it? It is that simple. By the way, what I uh, just read to you is uh, is posted on my blog site. If you'd wish to uh, read it, it's pretty much intact there. Um... Many of you will remember Paul Harvey, the uh, radio commentator, which is where he, he certainly preceded Rush Limbaugh, but he was the man and had a golden mic before Rush, but he was certainly the man who Americans turned to when they needed common sense in their lives. Uh, but I found a piece that he offered his radio audience And it is simply called Policeman. And what I didn't know, ironically, was that Paul Harvey's own father was a police officer who was, when Paul Harvey was very young, I think around three years old, uh, his own father was shot and killed during a robbery. I think it was like four men who participated in that. So police officers in, as a whole were very special to Paul Harvey, but I got the written transcript and you're going to have to forgive me because if you listen to how Paul Harvey makes his delivery of this, I certainly can't compare, but I do think it's valuable enough that I do wish to read it to you as it was written, uh, especially in connection with uh, my podcast as I just delivered it. But anyway, it goes like this from Paul Harvey. A policeman is a composite of what all men are, I guess, a mingling of a saint and sinner, dust and deity. Cold statistics wave the fan over stinkers, underscore instances of dishonesty and brutality because they are news. And what that really means is that they are exceptional. They are unusual. They are not commonplace. Buried under the froth is the fact. And the fact is that less than one half of 1% of policemen misfit that uniform. And that is a better average than you find amongst clergymen. What is a policeman? He, of all men and women, is at once the most needed and the most wanted. A strangely nameless creature who is sir to his face and pig or worse behind his back. He must be such a diplomat that he can settle differences between individuals so that each will think he won. But if a policeman is neat, he is conceited. If he's careless, he's a bum. If he's, a, if he's pleasant, he's a flirt. If he's not, he's a grouch. He must make instant decisions, which would require months for a lawyer. But if he hurries, he's careless. If he's deliberate, he's lazy. He must be first to an accident, infallible with a diagnosis. He must be able to start breathing, stop bleeding, tie splints, and above all, be sure the victim goes home without a limp or expect to be sued. The police officer must know every gun. Draw on the run and hit where it doesn't hurt. He must be able to whip two men twice his size and half his age without damaging his uniform and without being brutal. If you hit him, he's a coward. If he hits you, he's a bully. A policeman must know everything and not tell. He must know where all of the sin is and not partake. The policeman, from a single human hair, must be able to describe the crime, the weapon, the criminal, and tell you where the criminal is hiding. But, if he catches the criminal, he's lucky. If he doesn't, he's a dunce. If he gets promoted, he has political pull. If he doesn't, he's a dullard. The policeman must chase bum leads to a dead end stake out ten nights to tag one witness who saw it happen, but refuses to remember. He runs files and writes reports until his eyes ache to build a case against some felon who will get dealed out by a shameless shamus or an honorable who isn't honorable. The policeman must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman or woman. And, of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. Well, that's about it for What About Bob for this uh, November 19th, 2020. Before I go, however, please do this country a favor. If you know a police officer, let them know you stand behind them, that they have your support, that you want and desire law and order. Order a blue line flag or a blue line hat or shirt. Wear it proudly. Wear it to wherever you think that somebody who uh, leans towards the radicals right now might be having a drink or eating a dinner. Like I said, the police officers right now have been ravaged. Let's let them know we stand behind them. So this is what this is, Bob Reinerson. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time. Take care.